Nothing like knowing that whatever it is that we need, He has the supply. Amen. He supplies all our needs. Praise God. All of our needs. If you would indulge me for just a few moments this morning, I would would take you to the Word of God for just a few moments. And I, I hesitate to be too presumptuous because I feel such a wonderful visitation of the Lord right now. But I do believe that God has given me something to give to you. And I will try to do it in the quickest manner that I can. If you would turn to the book of Amos, the Old Testament minor prophet Amos, the fifth chapter, and I will read beginning with verse number 18 and verse number 19. The writer said, Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. As if a man did flee from a lion, and a bear met him, or went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. As if a man did flee from a lion, and a bear met him, and went into his house and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. I want to talk to you for a few moments about the wisdom of facing things. The wisdom of facing things. God bless you. You may be seated. Amos was a minor prophet, though he had a major message. By minor, we simply mean he does not take up as large a presence in the Old Testament as an Isaiah or a Jeremiah, but his message is not minor. His message was to a backslidden and rebellious people, people of God who were intoxicated on the wine of prosperity and success, and they're living their life in such a way that was contrary to the will of God. Much like our own day, there was no fear of God in them, and they did exceedingly wicked so much so that God sent Amos to warn them of judgments that were to come. God was going to deal with them as a people. And he gave Amos a series of five visions that spelled out the doom of God's people if they did not turn from their way and repent. In our text, he is addressing a particular calamity. He is addressing a particular problem with these people who were receiving this message from God about the coming judgment. And that was their response to what was coming. Our text, he addresses the calamities that are about to befall God's people. And he notices in particular their response to those events in their life. And he likens their response to those events coming as a man who is trying to run from a lion only to encounter a bear. 
They are like people who are trying to escape from one trouble only to run into another trouble that is far worse than the first trouble. The bear that is represented here in Scripture was far worse and more severe and fierce and violent than the lion. And the serpent was more deadly than all of them combined. And yet God's people, when confronted with certain issues in their life and certain problems, their response was to run. Their way of dealing with their problem was to try and get away from it instead of facing it. They sought escape from the present trouble by running away. But the prophet shows us that their actions in trying to escape their issues would not produce for them what they were thinking that it would produce. They were anxious to avoid trouble and the trouble that was about to confront them. And they thought that if they could run fast enough and hard enough that they could get away from it. Some of them even wished for the day of the Lord. That was a day of judgment. In their mind, they felt like that day would be a resolution of their problem. And the prophet said, you are foolish to pray and sigh for the day of the Lord because the day of the Lord has its own set of problems. And it is not light but darkness. It is not darkness but light. He said, whatever it is that you think you're going to get away from in some future day, it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. And so they rebuke for their cowardice. And the prophet points out a fault in humanity. The point of the prophet seems to be that the great facts of life, the great problems of life that come against us, cannot be avoided or evaded. And it is always better to face them rather than run from them. Amen. You cannot run away and find the answer to your life's problem. And yet I as a pastor constantly deal with people who are running from their problems running from the issues that are going on in their life rather than facing them and dealing with them. It has been my experience that the more I run, the harder things get when I finally slow down. That the farther I run, the farther away from God's purpose I get and the harder it is for me to get back to where I need to be. So the simple wisdom of the prophet and the word of God to us this morning is that there is a wisdom in facing things in our life. And he rebukes a people who will not grapple with the grave and serious problems of their life, but only hope for the day of the Lord. It seems in one reference that they are wanting God to take care of everything for them. And he said, woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. I think we all understand that the tendency in life is often to avoid, or as in our text, run from 
our present problems. If we don't run from them, we try to blame them on somebody or something. And he said, in essence, that is not the answer that you need for your life. There are times when everything in our life is lost when we shirk the responsibility of facing the problems that are against us. When we hesitate, we hurt our chances for victory. And I have come to speak to somebody this morning a message from God. And that is simply, you would be better to face whatever issue you are dealing with this morning rather than running and trying to hide or get away from it. There are issues that haunt people all of their lives because they are unwilling to face them. I have dealt with people that when I began to get through the surface issues in their life, I find that at the root of their problem are issues that go back years in their life, things that they did not deal with 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, and now they come upon the problem and they're having to go through things today that confront them in a way to bring them down and they don't know what to do. Their response has always been to run. And so it is in life that we often find ourselves more in the flight mode than the fight mode. But I'm here to tell somebody that running will not solve our problem. Hiding will not solve our problem. Going away from them will not solve our problem. The issues that are in, in front of us today, they have to be dealt with. Facing them does not mean necessarily that they will be changed. And it doesn't mean that they will be dissolved nor go away. But when you face a problem, it does take the sting away from it. When you face the problem, it allows you the freedom to move on in your life. And though many times in the facing of the problem, it does not vanish. It does strengthen you to know that your foe is not as great as you thought it was. That whatever was against you is not as bad as you thought it was. How many of us have been fooled by shadows? How many of us have been duped by ghosts and spirits? How many of us have been fearful of shadows when in reality it was nothing more than our own making? I have come to tell somebody this morning that there is a great liberty and there is a great freedom that comes to life when you are willing to rise up and face the issue and deal with the problem. In facing it, it enables you to know what you are dealing with so that you know how to fight and you know how to stand. And so many times, that's all we really need to know. When we shy away from one thing, we are often putting ourselves at a disadvantage against something else. And the prophet said, you run from a lion only to run into a bear. And you run from the bear only to find a serpent slipping out of the darkness and latching on to you. When you are driving down the highway, they tell me that one of the most common mistakes 
that people make. And one of the, the number one causes of fatalities on, in people driving down the highway is when they overcompensate for a mistake that they've made. They're going down the highway and they nod off to sleep. That's a mistake. It's not good. It's not healthy for you to be driving while you're asleep. It's not healthy for you to be driving while you're resting your eyes. But the, 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 the common reality is that when you come to yourself or you awaken, you realize that you have gone to sleep or you have lost consciousness, the immediate reaction is to overreact. And so they tell me that many times tragedies happen because somebody drifted off to the side of the road. They drifted off to the safe side of the road. But when they hit the grass or they hit the, 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 the side of the road, in fear they overcompensate and it shoots them across the highway in the opposite direction into the face of oncoming traffic. When I read those statistics not long ago, I realized how true in life it is. So many times it is our overreaction to a present problem that puts us in greater danger than the problem itself that we're facing. If we would just rise up and realize that's what it is and you've got to deal with it. It is what it is and you've got to face it. Those things can bring the enemy down to his knees in your life. And you will be able to come forth victorious when you face your problem. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. Somebody needs to face some issues this morning. We all understand that life abounds in facts that frighten us. None of us know what tomorrow holds. And none of us really know what is going to happen with our economy. And nobody really knows whether you're going to have a job next week or not. Or oh, we think we're secure, but in the environment we live in, things can change in a moment. It's so fluid and volatile that before we get out of church, things could turn upside down. We don't know about tomorrow, and we certainly don't know what's going to happen in the future. We don't know how things are going to turn out. How will this be, and how will that go? And what about this, Brother Hughes, and what about that? Life frightens us with facts sometimes that are overwhelming. But I have learned and I have come to tell somebody this morning that I've never won when I've run. I've never gotten the victory when I've fled. I've never found the peace that I needed when I tried to hide. I had to stand up and face it. I have to come to grips with it. I have to look it in the eye and call it what it is and say, you know what? You may have meant evil for me, but God is going to turn this for good in my life. And somebody said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've come to share three things with you this morning that the Lord gave me yesterday. Number one, we need to face our fears. I'm talking about those things that torment us. Those spirits that speak to us in the night. Those fears that paralyze our life. 
and lie to us about who we are and what we are. We need to face the fears that lock us in rooms of guilt and turmoil and torment. And they always harass our life. I want to tell you this morning that you need to face your fear. You need to look it in the eye and call it what it is. Fear has a way of shutting our lives down. It has a way of closing doors and locking us in places we don't want to be. But God sent me to tell somebody this morning, you need to stand up and face your fear. You need to stand up and say what it is. Lord, this thing is against me. But in the name of Jesus, I come against it today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus sent his disciples into a boat to cross the Sea of Galilee. And while he stayed behind to send a crowd away, they sailed out across the horizon to the other side. Somewhere in the night, a storm arose. And the Bible said they encountered winds that were contrary to them. Winds that came down on them. I read that again this morning. The Bible said the winds came down on them. Sometimes in life, things just come down on you. They come down in a hurry. They come down suddenly. And they come with fury. And soon the waves were whipping up. Soon the sea was in turmoil. And the Bible says that these men were afraid. And it was in that kind of atmosphere in the fourth watch of the night. The Bible said that Jesus came walking to them. The same Jesus that just a few moments ago had bid them get in the boat is now coming toward them. But because the situation had changed, because the atmosphere of their life was changed, it was no longer the calm, placid shore of Galilee. It was no longer the meadows that were sweeping in the wind and the blowing of the leaves. But now there was a wind that had come down on them. Now there was waves coming over in the boat and they were afraid for their lives. And this same Jesus comes walking to them on the water and when they saw him coming the Bible said they thought it was a spirit they thought he was a ghost they thought their eyes were playing tricks with them and the Bible said I read it again this morning the Bible said they were troubled the word in the Greek says they were terrified that means their knees were shake knocking together that means they were they were like wet noodles they couldn't even stand up in the presence of this spirit that was before them they were completely overwhelmed and the bible said these men grown men fisher men men who were used to being on the sea of galilee men who were bold men who were men these men the bible said began to cry out they began to shriek their voice so shrill because of the fear that overwhelmed them and gripped them. And out of that midst, out of that fear, something rose up in Simon Peter. Somewhere in that boat that was rocking and reeling, Simon Peter said, you know what? I, I, I can't live like this. I'm not going to live like this. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is out there. But Lord, if it's you, 
bid me come. And when Peter stood up and faced his fear, the voice of God came back to him and said, Come on, son. Come on, Peter. It's not who you think it is. And it's not what you think it is. And it's not like you think it is. I come to tell somebody here this morning that it's not what you think it is. And it's not like you think it is. And if you would just stand up and face your fears and quit running from them. Quit allowing them to torment your life. Ruin your family. Ruin relationships with people. Lock you away in a room and somehow throw away the key and you can't get out. If you would just stand up and face it, you would find a voice answering your fears. Come. Come on, Simon. You can come where I am. You can do what I'm doing. Amen. Notice I'm not bothered by the storm. Notice I'm not worried about the wind. Notice that I'm not fearful of the moment. Come on, Simon. You can come where I am. Can somebody understand this foolish preacher this morning to understand me enough to know that God wants you to come where he is and there's no fear where he is. There's no fear where he is. If you would get up from where you are and move to where he is, there is no fear where he is. Amen. And so fear is lost when we face it. Somebody here needs to face your fears this morning. You need to face your fears. You've run long enough. And all you've done in your running is encounter worse problems. Amen. That's all that's happened. Things just get worse. They don't get better. Face your fears. When you face them, you find out many of them are not what you thought they were. When I was a child, young person, should say, first time I ever got to go to youth camp, I'd never been before, and I was kind of a homebody. Somebody might have called me a mama's boy. I don't know. But I didn't go very far away from home. But I got an opportunity to go to youth camp. And so all the boys that were going to go to camp, we decided to spend the night downstairs in the basement of our church in Wichita Falls. And as boys sometimes do, we laying around in the, our makeshift beds for the night. We got to talking and telling stories and a little while, it kind of navigated towards scary stories. And and one of the boys that was there, my best friend, his granddad was our pastor. And he got to telling about all these things that his dad, his granddad did for the bums and the alcoholics and the, the, the druggies that came by our church. He would let them in the church. He would let them in the basement to sleep for the night. Here we were, 12-year-old, talking about spooks coming into the church and and about that time I didn't even realize it but I rolled over in my bed I guess trying to get a little more comfortable and I bumped something and I didn't know that I had bumped it but it made the sound like a door closed it was just like bam and I mean it was just like ooh. all of a sudden all of us we set up straight and we started all you could see was a little light coming under the doorway a little light coming under the doorway. And I'm telling you, our eyes were fastened on that little light there. We just knew that any moment some guy, some monster was going to come walking by and we were going to see a shadow. I don't know what we would have done, but anyway, that's... 
And I, I, all night long, I was afraid to go to sleep. Every time I would kind of drop off, I'd, I'd jump, I'd, I'd get awake, hold my eyes open, trying to make sure nobody come by the door. You know what? Nobody ever came by that door. Nobody ever came. The next morning when we got our stuff together, while I was getting my clothes together, I hit that same thing I had hit the night before. And it was a piece of paneling that was laying against the wall, and it made that same sound. All of a sudden, I realized where my fears had come from. Now, I'm not saying every fear is like that. But what I am saying is there are a lot of our fears that are nothing more than our own making. They're the noises of our own life. How many times has a child cowered in bed at night looking at a ghost hanging on the door, coming toward them, only to wake up or turn the light on and find out that somebody had clothes hanging on the door? We thought it was a ghost. That's life. That's what fear does to you. It makes you imagine things that are not even there. Somebody needs to face some fears this morning. Somebody needs to stand up and say, you know what? You're not tormenting my life. I'm going to pull the mask off of you. I'm going to find out who you really are. I'm going to find out what you're about. And when Simon Peter decided he was going to rise up and face his fears, he walked on water. Number two, we need to face our foes. And I want to be very careful that you understand me. I'm not talking about people per se. Sometimes we have, we have certain people picked out as our enemies. We've already, we, we know who our enemies are. And really the truth is people are just stooges. There are spirits behind the stooges. People are just tools that the enemy uses against us. And we think that person is our problem, but that person's not our problem. There's a spirit that's our problem. And so we have to face our foes. When, when Israel cowered in the tents, the enemy came against Israel, and Goliath came, the Philistines. The Bible said that they cowered in their tents morning and evening, at the fear of this intimidating foe. That's how the devil operates. He uses intimidation. There are enemies we don't know what to do with like Goliath. And they work off of that same agenda of intimidation. And how often we cower before their presence because of something that we think is unmanageable. We can't deal with this. This is too big for me. I can't handle this. And it wasn't until a young boy named David came that somebody came into camp that was willing to face the foe that he was brought down. Confrontation is not always the answer, but many times standing up is the solution. Amen. Praise God. Just 
face it. Let the Lord fight your battle, but face it. Quit running from it. Quit trying to hide from your foe. Understand that there is a spiritual force that is working against you. That wants to destroy you. Destroy your family. Destroy your mind. Destroy your spirit. Destroy your hope. Destroy your dreams. Destroy your courage. Destroy everything about you. There is a spirit that works to intimidate me and drive me into my tent so that I am fearful to come out. But I win my victory when I step out of that tent and I say, you know what? I may not be big enough, but I'm not afraid anymore. I'm going to go in the name of the Lord and I'm going to bring this giant down. I'm not going to live like this any longer. There are many giants in our life that we can bring down just like David did. We can use the sling and stone. We can use the name of the Lord and we can bring down that enemy just like David did. But there are some giants that you don't kill that way. As a matter of fact, there are some giants that you're going to face that you don't get to kill at all. Saul was one of them. Saul was a giant that David couldn't kill. But you know what? He had victory over him every day of his life. The Bible said that Saul pursued him every day. Every day. Every day David woke up, he knew one thing. Saul is after me. Every time the sun came up in, uh, in the east, he knew that Saul was going to be pursuing him every day. But David lived his life in a confidence and in an assurance that God's hand was on him. And so he won his victory by getting up every day and putting that day in the hands of the Lord and saying, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you're going to fight my battle. You're going to lead me where I need to go. You're going to direct my step, but I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to face my foe. I'm going to face my enemy and I'm going to bring him down last of all we need to face our failures we need to face our failures we do not know what stirred or spawned the unrest of the prodigal but we do know that it took him a long way away from God's purpose we don't know what led him what was behind it but he put him on a path that led him away away from family away from friends away from support away from help away from courage away from encouragement the prodigal had gone so far and he had wasted so much down and out down and out and without anything else in his life, he comes face to face with himself. Amen. With himself. And he realized in that moment, there in the pig pen, he wrestled down a lion. He said, you know what? I'm tired of running from you. Because every time I've run from you, I found a bear. I found something worse. I ran from you in the beginning. I should have wrestled this spirit down when it came in my heart in my father's house, but I didn't. Now I'm going to wrestle you down. And he wrestled down his own personal failure. And he faced it. He said, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. 
Those were the words that turned this prodigal as he began to make his way home and to recovery in his life. We don't advantage our life when we ignore our failures. You know what disappoints me about people today is that nobody wants to acknowledge their failures anymore. All we want to do is sweep it under the rug and act like it didn't happen. And for some people, there's enough junk under the rug, it's gotten to be a, an obstacle. You've got to face your failures. You've you got to come to grips with your shortcomings. You've got to realize, you know what? I, I was wrong. I did wrong. And face, he faced himself. He quit running. He wrestled that lion down. As it roared, he wrestled. And the words that came out of him at that moment of liberation, I have sinned. I have failed. That's what opened the door for recovery in his life. That's what turned him around. That's what put his feet on the right path when he was willing to face his own failure. We're not advantaged when we run. Trouble is a fact of life. It's time to face the lion. Amen. I said it's time to face the lions in our life. For someone here today, the lion of fear, the lion of failure, the lion of an enemy in your life needs to be wrestled down today. It won't get better. I assure you that. It won't get better. In a weak moment, we all fall prey to this temptation to run. When things are at their worst, it's still good to keep your face to it. Amen. Amen. Don't be put out by anything. The heaviest seas run with the wind. So the way to face them is to face them. Turn your face into the wind. I used to think it was quite amazing that when hurricanes would be reported to be coming this direction, they would take their vessels, their boats, they would take them out into the harbor and they would turn the nose of it into the direction of the wind because they knew that's the only way to survive the storm. You've got to face it. Amen. You've got to face it. Let's stand together.